Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I am your host, Tony Serino, and this is your daily dose of all things Steelers. Today on the podcast, we're going to take a look at four prospects I didn't talk about during our draft preview uh, podcast. Didn't find a place for these four prospects, but three of them I really like. One of them I don't really get the hype on. We'll talk about uh, those four players. This is our last chance that, that we get to talk about prospects who the Steelers could maybe take in this draft because, again, we are 24 hours away now from the start of the NFL draft. Tomorrow, we're going to do our first-round preview, uh, and then uh, Friday, we'll do our first-round review, second, third-round preview, and then, of course, Saturday, again, sixth podcast this week on Saturday, doing the second and third-round review, and then a preview of rounds four through seven. For those of you who follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at Steeler Country. I want to tell you guys how it's going to work tomorrow. So I'm not going to be on Twitter throughout the entire draft. It, you know, If it hasn't come across enough yet on this podcast, I love, love the NFL draft. It is like, you know, I love it almost as much as watching real NFL games. Uh, and the problem with Twitter during the draft is that there are just too many spoilers uh, on Twitter during the draft, right? I enjoy watching the players get announced, you know, Goodell getting booed off the stage as he's trying to announce the prospects. Um, so I'm not going to be on Twitter. I don't want to get spoiled, right? I'll be on there a little bit. What I am going to do, though, is tr- to try to find the best of both worlds because I do want to talk to you guys. I do want to interact with you guys on draft day itself. So I, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to start Periscope streams throughout the, throughout the draft. We'll do one probably, you know... We'll do like 15 to 20 minutes, right, at different points. Probably do one after the Browns pick at number four so we can talk about who the Browns got. Probably do another one in the kind of middle teens, right, and then another one as we get closer to the Steelers and, of course, one right after the Steelers. But, uh, again, I don't want – if I seem like I'm quiet on Twitter, it's because I'm just not looking at it, right? So if you're tweeting at me on on draft night – just know that I probably have my, my Twitter on mute. Again, I just I don't want to get spoiled for it. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy the coverage of it. I enjoy the announcement of it, the, the kind of pageantry of it. I enjoy all of that too much to let myself get spoiled on Twitter. But I don't want to deprive you guys of kind of good content on draft night itself. So, uh, again, you can follow me on uh, Twitter, at Steeler Country, and you'll see the links there to the Periscope streams when I start them uh, so we can we can interact a little bit on draft night itself. All right, let's get to these four prospects themselves. First of all, we're going to talk about a running back slash wide receiver slash tight end slash I don't really know what this guy is. And I think that's the big problem for him. Jeremy, or excuse me, Jalen Samuels out of NC State. He's a hybrid player. It's very hard to define what it is exactly that he does. He's listed as a running back. So in this draft, he's going to be He's going to be on that the running back class. I don't know that he fits as a running back at the next level. But if you watch his college tape, at NC State, he was their playmaker on offense. He has great hands. He, was, he lined up at receiver a ton. He will make you miss. He had 16 touchdowns, both rushing and receiving last year. And he played big in big games. 15 catches and a touchdown against South Carolina on the road. 12 catches and a touchdown against Florida State on the road. I don't know how much of his game translates to the next level. Again, he lined up so in so many different positions. Wildcat quarterback, 
running back on the goal line, wide receiver, tight end, slot receiver. He was everywhere, right? And it sticks out so much on tape when you watch him because, he's again, he's all over the field and he's making plays all over the field. His ability to kind of find space, make people miss, that stuff, it reminds me a little bit of like a Percy Harvin, a Darren Sproles-ish type thing, right? The problem for him and the reason why he's not thought of like a Percy Harvin who went in the first round or like a Darren Sproles and that kind of player who has been you know, kind of elevated with Alvin Kamara going in the third round last year is that he has only average athleticism, right? He's not this super athlete who's you know, going to fly around the field. He's not a great route runner, right? So you're not going to line him up just at wide receiver because he's not a great route runner. He's not a great blocker. So can he be a tight end? He's undersized. He's 5'11". He can't block. As a wide receiver, again, he's not going to be a good route runner, so you're not really going to want to line him up out there every play. As a running back, he doesn't have great vision. Again, is he going to be a good blocker on third down? No. He's an interesting later round pick, though, because someone's going to figure out how to use his skill set. I have him as a day three player, rounds four through seven. The question is, can you find a way to use a guy who you can't line him up at wide receiver every play, you can't line him up at running back every play. You can't line him up at tight end every play. But you can use him in those ways every, you know, here and there, right? The kind of situation, it's, it's like this weird situational playmaker type guy. Again, if he, won't, if he thinks he's going to be an every down back at the next level, that's not going to be the case. He's not going to be Darren Sproles at the next level. Because, again, he doesn't have that kind of athleticism. And maybe his game just never translates, right? Maybe the, the answer for Jalen Samuels is we just you, it's hard to define what you are because you are you don't fit at the next level. Maybe that is the case, and that's why I think he's going to go so late in this draft. But I think he's an interesting prospect late in the draft because again, he's he's got a skill set that could be could be interesting at the at, at the NFL level uh, if you can make it work. The next player I want to talk about is edge rusher. Agbania Okoronwo out of Oklahoma, a very raw edge rusher. He didn't start playing football until his junior year of high school. Uh, he plays with a lot of aggression, though, and he shows some real explosiveness, and he has a great motor. He has the kind of want to out of an edge rusher that you want to see, right? A guy who never gives up on a play. His sacks, yes, some of them come from garbage sacks or, or just kind of fighting, fighting, fighting on, on what end up being coverage sacks. The questions... For, for him are all going to be about can he develop technique? Hand usage, eliminating false steps. He's a complete question mark when it comes to coverage. And if he's going to be a 3-4 outside linebacker, you know he's not just going to be rushing the passer every play. He's going to have to drop into coverage. And in that way, again, he's complete question mark. He didn't do that at Oklahoma at all. Some questions about his, his athleticism as well. I think this is why he's falling down draft boards. NFL doesn't, the NFL doesn't have a problem taking pure athlete players like this high in the draft at edge rusher because they feel like they can mold them. But the, pro the problem for Akaranwo is he doesn't have elite athleticism. His athleticism is just good to very good, right? So with a player who, again, hasn't played football for very long, he's only been playing since his junior year of high school, he's got a long way to go as far as developing some of the the uh, the athlete the elite traits that are going to make him a dominant pass rusher. In in a lot of ways, it just makes him a complete project. 
And the reason why I bring him up is because I, I see a lot of – what I see when I watch Marcus Davenport's tape, a player from University of Texas San Antonio who's going to get taken in the first round of this draft, I see a lot of what Okoronwo brings to the table, which is a big guy who's got some athleticism, but he's very raw, right? He's, he's win, he, when he wins, it is on pure athleticism alone. Now, Davenport, you know, again, he tested, I think, a little better than Okoronwo did. Um, he's a bigger guy. And Davenport dominated more because he was playing at a smaller school. Okoronwo didn't get that luxury. And not that the Big 12 is a, is a great, you know, is a great conference and, and is, you know, has elite talent. But it's got better talent than, you know, the Marshall and Rice and all the, all the teams that Davenport was playing against. But yet... Okoronwo's going to go in the fourth round. Davenport's going to go in the first. I, I think, I think if, you're, if you want a guy like Davenport, who's going to be a project, you're going to have to work on that, you can do better by getting the value in the fourth round or fifth round or wherever Okoronwo's going to get taken. By taking, you know, again, you take Okoronwo, you get the same thing you're getting with, with Davenport. You're getting a guy who you're going to have to develop over time. He's, he doesn't have, what is his elite trait right now? He doesn't really have one yet, but he shows some sparks, right? He's got, is it, the, is, it is, is it his explosiveness? Is it his aggression, right? Is it his motor? Can he develop some of the techniques to go along with that? Those are the same questions you're going to ask of Davenport. You're going to take Davenport in the first round. You can take, you can save that first round pick and take Okoronwo in the fourth. And I think you're going to get a very similar player. So again, I have Okoronwo as a fourth, fifth round grade, a project player, but an interesting one. Next player, Armani Watts out of Texas A&M. Undersized safety, only 5'11", around 200 pounds. He can play deep or free safety because he's a real ball hawk. He caused six turnovers last year. He's always, always, always around the ball. And he's a risk taker. He is a big play guy. And that shows. He's a good athlete. There's some injury concerns with him. But Armani Watts was thought to be a very high pick last coming out of last year's. Uh, season and going into the draft, he didn't come out because of the injury problems he had, so he had to come back for his senior year. The problem for me with Armani Watts when I watch his tape, and the reason why I, I you know, I have him not as a second round grade or even a third round grade, but more of like a maybe a fourth round grade, is because his tackling at times is just atrocious. I mean, I almost there was a game he played his junior year against Tennessee. And watching this, I almost just turned it off and wrote him off completely as undraftable because his tackling was so bad. And it's the problem I have with, with the tackling is it's not even that his technique is poor, that he's a big hitter rather than a rap and tackle guy. It's a complete want to. I mean, there are plays when he just eh, not even trying to tackle the guy. And that's, that is a serious flaw. Because again, it goes to, you know, kind of work ethic and, and the kind of you know, your, your kind of desire to be great, right? He's going to fall because of his size, right? He's undersized. He's had some injury issues, but also these tackling issues are going are to cause him to fall probably farther than he should. If he, if he had, if he wasn't so bad at tackling, I could see Armani Watts as a, you know, thought of along with Jesse Bates and Justin Reed and that kind of, I mean, maybe not Justin Reed, but definitely Jesse Bates and the kind of second tier safety in this draft, right? The kind of second, third round player. Instead, 
I have him as like a third, fourth round prospect, end of the third, you know, into the fourth round grade. Because for tackling that bad, again, it go to for me, it goes to work ethic. It goes to desire to be great. And if you don't have that, right, you're not going to overcome the things that it's going to take for you to be great at the next level. And it's, you know, at that point, it is, it is a complete lost cause. So an interesting prospect, but again, it's all going to be about interviews with him and making sure that, you know, he wants to be great because that is part of his game that he not just has to improve from a technique perspective, but has to improve from a desire perspective. And then finally, uh, Darius Leonard, the inside linebacker out of South Carolina State. And I wanted to talk about him because this is a player who I've seen mocked to the Steelers in like rounds two or three, right? These are usually in mock drafts where the Steelers don't go inside linebacker in round one, whether because, you know, they took a they took a safety or you know the, the two inside linebackers, Vander Esch and Evans, were not on the board. Um, I, I've seen Leonard mocked to the Steelers and the Steelers had Leonard in for a visit. The problem I have with that is I don't see the hype on this guy at all. He's supposed to be this kind of second or third round talent. He's undersized, but he's supposed to be this great athlete, right? Great athlete, small school, very productive. The problem with that is that this, this great athleticism that he has doesn't show up on tape or in his numbers. He ran a 4740. He's a highly productive player at a small school, but he did that all based on this elite athleticism that doesn't come through in the numbers. I can't watch his tape and say, oh yeah, he's a great athlete because he's playing at South Carolina State, right? I, I, you ha- we have to start to use you know, his 40 time, his, and he didn't do the shuttle or the cone or any of that stuff at, at the combine, so I don't have his pro day numbers. Maybe he did better at his pro day. But I have real questions about how any of, the, any of his game is really going to translate to the next level because nothing on tape really sticks out. In fact, the thing that really stuck out to me about Leonard is the kind of timid play that he plays with and his kind of running down plays rather than being the aggressor. He reminded me a little of, of like Malik Jefferson in that way. And yet this is supposed to be a guy who's got great elite athleticism, you know, just dominating players all over the field. I didn't really see that. I saw a guy who was using better athleticism than the players he was playing with to kind of run things down and, and just be around the ball. I have a fifth-round grade on Leonard. I have real questions about whether or not his game – I don't know. I don't think second or third round is the right time to take a guy who is a small school guy who numbers, they don't translate. They, the, the athleticism that we're seeing doesn't translate. So again, I have a fifth-round pick on, on Leonard. I think he's much more of a project than I think people are willing to admit. You know, we want to see a guy with with raw athleticism and and uh, a guy who is very productive and very instinctive. And and instead, what I see is a guy who, yes, he's more athletic than the talent he's playing against. But I'm not sure that playing at South Carolina State as a as an elite athlete uh, or as an above-average athlete really is going to make him translate to the next level in any kind of meaningful way, other than as a project type player that you would find in the fourth or fifth round. All right, that is going to do it for uh, Locked On Steelers Draft Preview. Thank you, everyone, who's listened over the last month. I hope you guys have enjoyed this. I certainly have enjoyed doing this. Uh, the draft is is one of my favorite times of year. Uh, I, I think the draft is can be just as exciting as real 
live on the field football. So again, thank you all for everyone who stuck around from uh, the transition from John to myself, everyone who came over from uh, Steeler Country, my old podcast. I hope you guys have enjoyed the podcast over the last month. I know I've certainly enjoyed uh, doing this and and reviewing all these prospects. And, And we are now just, again, 24 hours away from finding out who the Steelers will take in the first round of this draft. I'll be back tomorrow to talk about that, preview it. Uh, so we'll, we'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked on Steelers.